everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, here we go again. We're in the Old West. I think I did this once before. We start because the partners. Come on now, Scene Partners. Saddle on up and and let's talk about some theater. I think it's your your Oklahoma days. You're like really living the play. Yeah, in yeah, modern back times. on the Chesa- Chesapeake Trail, Cheswick. Oh man, <laughs> we got some guests in the back. Yeah, that that's that would be our quarantine dog learning not to do that <laughs> any longer. Um, okay, well, hey, so like uh, you know, little 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 check in with everybody. Um, how are you? today i am i was talking to our listeners oh they are <laughs> what are you guys i just thought it would be a nice time for them to <laughs> what are you i thought it'd be a nice time for them to you know respond yeah we don't actually have to do that nope. it's just kind of like a strange <laughs> idea it's all you know we're, we're using this medium i'm thinking new ways i'm innovative yeah how can we incorporate more than just the two of us yeah i think that most of the time people think that we should probably incorporate less so impressed with you that you didn't do a spit take. <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> I would like to tell everyone that we are drinking out of glasses that are from like 1950. Yeah, I know that's awesome. But they have the world on them. Chris chose our glasses today. I didn't uh, tonight. I didn't realize like how old and nostalgic they were. And you were like, "Oh, these are from 1950." I went, "I should have grabbed newer ones." <laughs> <laughs> well, they're really cool. My mom gave them to me. They were from my like my Papa Walker. Who actually was also from Oklahoma. Oh, nice. Like Elk City, Oklahoma, which nobody's ever heard of. And might as well be Kansas. I mean, really, all of Oklahoma might <laughs> as well be Kansas. Kansas. But, <laughs> yeah, just the whole state of Kansas. <laughs> there are no town. cities in Kansas. <laughs> just Kansas. Um, no, but he, yeah, he had these. The, she gave me these highball glasses and then some. It was also like a whole set that they ordered out of a catalog. <laughs> I like I like the thought though that it's like those old encyclopedia collections that you mm-hmm. can order. Well, I looked it up afterwards and I was like, what is this from? And it's not it's they're they're from like Nestle or something. It's very weird. It's very very strange. Strange. Yeah, but it has a world on it and you wanted to use them because why? Because they have the world on them and the world should hopefully soon be opening up because uh, as of today it has been officially 1 year of closure 1 year of sadness we're in our 365th <laughs> day of 2 weeks to flatten the curve oh my gosh it's so much to remember like it feels like the last year was a couple of years yes and just so many for for so little to actually happen mm-hmm. a lot happened like, I mean, the whole point of the last year was for nothing to happen in anyone's life, yeah. essentially. And it feels like so many things have happened for everyone. Yes. I mean, I feel like that I definitely learned a whole lot about who I am as a human being, what I'm willing to accept. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the things that I miss and the things that I don't miss, yeah. for sure. And, you know, it's interesting. We're, we're starting... We've talked about it a couple of times on here. We 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 started talking about the classes that we're teaching, mm-hmm. and that is such a small thing. I don't want to reality. The, you said we're teaching. I'm not, no. Oh, you are teaching. Well, I, I meant you know. Yes, I, I'm, we are a that part is, of that. Is so crazy. I'm so used to talking about Lexi and I doing something <laughs> that I just am automatically like, yes, we're teaching it. Chris Me? is included in this. <laughs> yeah, I think Chris is included in this. This is our theater company. Yeah. I say that all the time. I mean, I do feel that way. I never feel like it's just me. Yeah. Even though, like, you know, the financial responsibility might weigh upon my <laughs> shoulders. But it's so collaborative that it's hard. It to, is so collaborative. And you're a lot like me in that you don't want to take, like, sole credit for it. I definitely don't. I mean, well, another thing with this, with the adult class, the way that we're doing it, um, since we decided to do a, a like a pay what you can class, just because you know this past year has been intense for everyone, mm-hmm. and we wanted people to have the chance to be able to come and perform, and it was also for us. I think I, I, I'm not sure if I've talked about this already, but we wanted people to have the opportunity to go into the theater that haven't that wanted to and may not necessarily have been able to afford it. Yeah, and I think that's really important. And you know, I, I've talked about it in the past about 
how I feel like theater should be for everyone. Yes. And, you know, if we didn't have to charge a ticket price to be able to do it, I wouldn't. But that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Well, there, so there the, are those financial burdens that before yeah. you even get, you know, people to seats. Oh, man. I mean, we were just talking about that. The just the logistics of even getting your show into the theater. Mm-hmm. And especially whenever you're doing it f- really for no financial gain, like with the understanding that, all right, I'm not going to make any money, but I can't lose any money. Yeah. So if I'm doing this and I can't lose money, like what, how, how do I do it? Which is a, one reason why I try to be super creative about our sets and our costumes. <laughs> right. Because a lot of money can go into that. Yeah. But, you know, we were just talking about the theaters downtown in our in our area um, and just the logistics of getting in there right now and the cost of it and how many people could actually be in there and what are the rules. And everybody seems to have a different idea of what those rules are. Yeah. And then constantly I'm thinking, is this right? Mm. Should we be doing it? But then I see, you know, like in another sense, I feel like, I'm not acting, not not acting like as, I'm not talking about on the stage, but I'm not acting like I'm not putting our company yeah. out there. And so now I'm getting left behind. Yeah, because everyone else is just jumping on it. Mm-hmm. So am I doing the right thing or the wrong thing? I just I don't know. I don't know. It, which is how I left the last podcast. I don't know. I still don't. know. I would say follow follow your moral compass. That's the most important thing. Is it something that you can live with? Because if you can't live with doing something, whether that's being a part of this or in your real life, like if you can't live with the action of doing something, then maybe you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, I think with this more than anything, you just have to look at the reasons as to why you're doing it. Because anything you do, you're putting someone at risk. Yeah. So if I'm going to yeah, do which this, would be the bigger regret? Would you regret yeah. not putting yourself out there or getting someone sick? Well, exactly. I mean, it's I, I definitely don't want to get anybody sick and I don't want to be the cause of it. Um, but I also don't want to fade away into the darkness. Yeah. And be forgotten in a sense, you know, and um, you like to think that people would recognize that you're doing something for the right thing for the right thing like i'm doing this because it is the right thing to do Mm -hmm. um even though it is of detriment to to my business yeah (laughs) but really what people see it seems now is well you just didn't make the right decision yeah (laughs) and that was ridiculous what do you even care it's kind of like people have forgotten that you know there really is a horrible illness out there that's spreading around yeah yeah, mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to figure out, and I know it's also a scary thing to talk about because it—I never thought that science and facts would alienate people so much, but it yeah. is true. It has. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So, but talking about these classes, uh, so one reason why I think that we do that we decided to pay what you can instead of just doing it for free mm-hmm. is that it's interesting when somebody pays for something even if it's just a little bit they are immediately more invested yes and if it's free it's almost like oh well we're just we we won't worry about showing yeah, we're, up. we're hanging out yeah we won't worry about showing up or doing the work or anything like that and so it's almost like you just want people to be invested in some sort of way because you kind of have to convince people sometimes to invest in themselves yes and even though like this situation is more monetary it's still it's still them investing in themselves. And then they're like, okay, well, look, I paid for this, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. <laughs> but, you you know, it's like you said, though, you want people to invest in themselves, so you you have to raise the stakes in some kind of way to where they have that sense of pride, like, dude, I paid for this. I need to at least give a little effort into, you know, yeah. either learning this or acting out or j- just letting myself go, especially for an hour, or an hour mm-hmm. and a half each week. You know, I will say what is so awesome and that I I think I, I knew that it was going to be this way, but I, I also kind of didn't. <laughs> but the the class has become the adult class has become my absolute favorite part of the week. Mm, yeah. And I mean, I love recording this podcast and we have so much fun. 
but it's it's reminded me of what we used to do. Yes. And I'm like, oh right. That this is why we do the podcast. Like yeah. we do the podcast because some really magical things can happen on the stage. Yeah. Like just I wish that there was some way that we could just record the class. <laughs> Let everybody know. But it's it's just such an interesting an interesting hour and a half. It was an hour and a half. It was crazy because, you know, the other night you had said that, you know, this is the longest break that you've ever had on ever. the stage. Yeah. And then I was like, well, it's pulling up a close second for me. Um, who knows? We might pass that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I went the other night and did my monologue and I was like so nervous. And it's been a while since I've like really genuinely been nervous. Yeah, I knew for sure I because I. When, when I do an acting coaching or anything like that, I don't want people to perform their first time because it feels like people feel a lot of pressure yeah. to do it perfect the first time. And it was so funny because I was telling you, don't act, <laughs> just say your lines. And as I was saying it, I was like, this dude is not going to be able to do it. He's not going to be able to do it. He's going to he's gonna go like three lines in. It was three words. And I said, look, it's probably going to happen naturally anyway, but just give yourself the time. And you just like jumped into it. You're crawling the walls, doing you, backflips. Right. <laughs> Sorry, what? I just, I just did it. I did it. Then, um, but what's crazy is before that, and I do want to give a shout out to uh, the person that went before me, Timberly, and oh that she goodness, had said, man. you know, um, in in response to you, you know, I've only did, I've only done two shows. Yeah. And then, then I had this long break, and then I just immediately thought. I hate you so much because you were so, so good, freaking good. You know, it's one of those things, and I told her that in the in the class that whenever you have a natural talent, it's almost harder. Yeah, because she can kind of like with a natural talent, you can almost get away with shortcuts. Yeah, and <laughs> it is so hard. It's all it's it's difficult really to coach somebody like that in a show because you know that that they can do it and it'll be believable. But you want them to really get into it. You want yeah. them to feel it. So luckily, she's she told me afterwards that I didn't freak her out too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're so passionate about it, and that's what's awesome. But like seeing her deliver some of those lines, oh, that's um, great. And you know, you had asked her to do it flat, and then you were kind of like uh, coaching or, or you know uh, teaching rather. I, I don't want to say like, oh, you're coaching me how to act. Or, well, no, I mean that's really but, what it is. Yeah. Honestly, is like an acting coach, just like you would with basketball. I mean, you know how to act. Yeah. I'm just there being like, hey, that three pointer, you're you're leaning for. I don't know anything about yeah. basketball. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did I just do to myself? I could have at least started with baseball. I could have at least did you play that, golf or something? No, God, no. <laughs> we don't need to tell that story. But um, yes, I did. But uh, but yeah, it was just interesting to watch her naturally flow into these things that I just I was so stirred by. Yeah. And I was I was I was I was sitting there watching in amazement. Like you're so freaking talented. It's so I hate hard your guts. to watch people while they're doing that and not jump up. Yeah. And which is you know obviously if you're what if you are in one of my classes you will see that a lot of the times I cannot help myself. I just yeah. like end up charging the stage. Yeah. But it just it's so difficult, especially when you see someone that in all honesty is on like the precipice of greatness. Mm-hmm. You're like this, you are, you are literally just like a millimeter away yeah. from this just being insane mm-hmm. and just destroying everyone. I yeah. mean, it's so difficult. And then, you know, you got up there and did a comedy. Thank goodness, because her monologue <laughs> from it was really heavy. was real heavy. Yeah. But you did your, you did your comedic monologue and it is one of my favorite monologues. I will say. And it was so much fun. It was fun, just like mm-hmm. seeing comedy again. It's been so long. I, well, you know, once I started, and and then you were uh, sort of like filling it out. You know, I I was like, I miss people being in seats. I miss being yeah. on a stage. I miss behind the scenes. You know, uh, shenanigans. I just I think all this just it. means that next time, instead of just giving you sides, I'll just have you for real audition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, slate and everything. We're gonna skip the monologue. We're just or we're gonna skip the sides. No cold reads. No nothing. No callbacks. You're just gonna do your monologue. Mm. 
<laughs> Don't miss those. <laughs> oh, but it was it was so much fun. It was a blast. And um, it was so much of a blast that I let that class go on for two and a half hours. But it was fun. It was so much fun. No one complained. I got a couple of phone calls from Lexi and text because normally she's the one that's there to be like, hey, just just a reminder. <laughs> you're now 15 over or you're like, you know, you're approaching a 10, 10 minutes till. Yeah. And it helps me in a way. Mm -hmm. to gauge how long I have but I just could not and I felt I felt kind of bad to be honest I felt bad about like I was enjoying myself so much and this is one of those things that trying to figure out my priorities mm -hmm. like moving out of out of this pandemic of okay so I love like theater is has been a part of my life forever yeah and I have this amazing love of my life wife mm -hmm. who is like every bit of joy that I have. Yeah. And I want to make her happy. And I also cannot leave the theater sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in that is, I'm sure, very frustrating. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine what that's like to be in a relationship with someone like me. I, I honestly can't. <laughs> I, I don't know how she does it. I mean... Given her career, she literally, and I sell, say this to everybody, she she went to school and got her master's in patience. Yeah. And it was yeah. so that, not so that she could teach these amazing kids, but so that she could marry Be me. Be married to you, yeah. <laughs> and know how to deal with it. But she um, she was like, yeah, you. Uh, I warmed up your dinner twice. And first, the, the first thing that I thought of was... Well, now it's burnt. There's this scene... And dehydrated. Oh, and Angels in America. The... And this is kind of a terrible scene to want to compare your relationship to. But she says, I put your dinner in the oven. And he's like, oh, well. And she said, I burned it. I turned it up as high as it would go. And I just let it burn because he was so late. <laughs> and immediately, that's what I thought of. I was like, oh, my God. She, she poor girl was here all by herself. She warmed First, up my dinner twice. That would be a waste of her phenomenal cooking. Well, I know it's true. And then twice, twice, excuse me. You twice. said first, and so I was like, yes, and twice. <laughs> and B. And C. Um, and she also said, I'm sorry, it's my fault. I should have texted you know, Amanda and let her know, hey, make sure to remind Cody, which is just sad that she has just gotten <laughs> to the point now where I take no responsibility for it because it's such a horrible character fall. That she's just like, you're right. This is someone else's responsibility. And she knows that I would egg you on <laughs> and never be helpful. So she didn't even bother texting me that. But it was so difficult. <laughs> like, I just couldn't. I, I just couldn't leave. It's also sad because I, I'm so hungry for this. Yeah. To do this again and to explore and to, like, you know, to talk about these shows. And also, it doesn't help that we're doing Shakespeare right now, which I just... I cannot tell you how much I've missed it. Mm -hmm. I've missed it so much. And I didn't realize how much I missed it. Yeah. But I missed it so much that now I'm like, okay, wait, could we actually put a Shakespeare in our season? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It That, that kind of scares me to think about that. Like, I feel like we could do it. Well, just like you were talking about, you know, falling off the edge, you're right there on the precipice. We are right there on the precipice. Do it. I feel like it, it makes me feel more confident doing this class and being like, all right, hey, look at these people yeah. handling this text so well. And I really think that if we did do Shakespeare, I would almost audition for it and then figure out some way to pad out some time to, to do an actual like faux class. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, I think it would be more beneficial to do a class beforehand and then to build in extra rehearsal time, mm -hmm. like a long lead up to be like, let's look at all of these scenes yeah. and let's break them down. What are you saying? What are you really saying? What's the subtext saying? Mm -hmm. Like, how can we enhance this? How can we get in it? Yeah. Um, Because I just, I think that there's so much benefit in it. And honestly, that is one of my big dreams for this company is that, we can eventually do some classical work mm -hmm. that can be performed and be so good that people love it, you know I yeah. mean? And, and start to 
tear down those walls that people have built up that we've talked about of, you know, well, I just thought this wasn't for me. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm not, I don't understand what they're saying and that kind of thing. Uh, maybe one day that would be so cool. But, and thinking about my, like, I, I just call it my tunnel vision and it happens. Yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'll be in the theater and I just, it's like everything around me just kind of disappears. I don't understand time. I don't like, I, I am just in that one moment. Yeah. And I just wish that I was different <laughs> and I don't know, like it's become more apparent now that I'm, that I'm married and that I am not just me. Yeah. Because before I would have been there until 2 AM. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have stayed there until everybody was like, all right, I literally have to leave. <laughs> I'm falling asleep. It's like, yes, yes. But one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like you reminding me, you saying this reminds me of a story of my friend. Uh, he was telling me that he was smarting off to his mom one time and his dad like picked him up and brought him out to the yard and like just threw him down and said, that was my wife before it was your mother. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was so interesting to think about that. And I think that Lexi understands that and doesn't necessarily get upset with you. She's like, I, I cannot, know that you love this. I just this. hope that I'm in the in the vehicle when she hears you say that. <laughs> 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 she is going to give you some intense... She's going to give you an intense face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think that she maybe does she does know that I'm super passionate yeah, about it. Yeah, I think like, that she's happier that you're passionate about theater and not, say, like, drugs. Yeah, no, that, that so is true. So there's worse things you could be doing. That's very true. And, I mean, it, it is, I'm super fortunate that we're really both passionate about storytelling. Yeah. Um, And that she wants to go along this journey with me. I mean, that's so mm -hmm. awesome. That's so awesome that she wants to learn and be, you know, a part of what i what i love and yeah because like she's in the class it. too it has to be said yeah. but she just had to miss because of reasons yeah it it is it is interesting to think like the the way that your life changes and it's so cool knowing that i am in this place with somebody who's so supportive and it's i mean it's strange because i hear people talk about their relationships a lot mm -hmm. and knowing that i have these flaws about myself and that Honestly, just talking about it makes me feel like a jerk. So I'm like, oh, I have no control over my passions. <laughs> I just go to the theater and the whole world disappears. And so I can't be held accountable. Like, yeah. no, I mean, I hold myself accountable and I feel like garbage. Like, I felt terrible when I walked in the house that night and was like, I am so, I was like, I was like, I was having an affair or something. I was like, I'm so, I, I know that you know that I was there. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. But you look real comfortable with the dogs. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm just so sorry that I stayed there for so long. Ernie was probably genuinely more upset with you than yeah, she was. Yeah, he was pretty mad. Um, but it is really great to be in a relationship that is supportive on both ends where she supports yeah. my passions and I can support hers. And I'm just so thankful that I have that. I think it's so important. And I mean, it's hard. It is the, the hours. I mean, I did professional theater for a very long time mm -hmm. and sure that is time consuming, but really no more than any other job when I'm looking back on it, I'm like, yeah. yes, I had to do a lot of work and I was always thinking about it and probably was, um, a bit of a jerk in another kind of way because I was always trying to network and figure out how I could get another job. Yeah. But in reality, now being where I am with a job, with a business and a community theater, I'm like, this is so much work. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so easy to, to get sucked in and to kind of lose sight about what's important. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about, I mean, you have things that you're passionate about and you, I mean, I feel like you and I are on the same level as far as the way we feel about performing. And I just, I wonder how you balance that and your personal life. <laughs> I love that you laughed being like personal life. This is my personal yeah, life. This really is my personal life. It is. It is that is, a bad thing for, I mean, is it, I, I don't know. Do you consider this a hobby? Theater? It's so crazy. It, it, man, you ask me such a question I've never really been asked before because I, I would say that my job like is the thing that I have to do to sustain 
myself to yeah. live, to like, I need food, I need shelter, I need, you know, all of these things. And uh, yeah, this pays the bills and keeps me alive. Yeah. And and I've said it before because I had a, a an opportunity to to start up this new company in this town. Mm-hmm. And I really had to think, like, do I like this job? Do I think that more money would would change anything? Because it really wouldn't because I don't I'm not really married to money. Like I super couldn't care about money. Like as long yeah. as I can eat and, you know, occasionally play a video game and have enough gas to go to the next show that we're doing, I'm fine. <laughs> but it's I think if I ever left my job, it would be to do something that I'm passionate about. Because yeah. I, I mean I sell AC equipment. It's like not what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. Right. And I I don't know. So it's kind of a strange thing because in a sense, like when you think about community theater or like doing theater um, where you don't get paid um, to do theater, you're that's essentially kind of like a hobby. I mean, it's that's your like extracurricular activity in a sense. And, but what's strange about theater is that it's not a hobby. No, it's see, it's always on my mind. It's like a lifestyle in a sense. And so it's, it's different because you're always looking for a new way in and it becomes so consuming. Yeah. N- it's not like you're on a soft, like a, a, a an adult softball, softball league. No. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it's, it's not anything we like get that. Together once a week and do a yeah. thing. Yeah. And then you go drink beer. Like yeah. it's, it has, that's not at all what it is. It's something so different and it becomes so integral to, to people's lives. Yeah. See, I just don't understand what it is about it. That makes it like on that level. Because, you know, even when I'm at work, I'm thinking about like, oh, well, how can I change what I'm doing? What are the tactics that I can employ here? And and it's almost like I would I would almost say that, you know, theater is my career. Yeah. And 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 I think the reason it's almost that, like theater is your legacy. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's like and I think maybe the reason like you and I had such a hard time. And we're so grateful and we're, I don't care how long we stay at the theater. It's because I think a lot of our identity is wrapped up in it. I mean, for sure, all of my identity. (laughs) Yeah. Or at least it used to be. And that's kind of my struggle is that all of my identity for so long was wrapped up into this little box, this little black box. It's like racing from show to show to show. A different identity that's really more important than that identity. And well, the last year with not being able to do theater, you were allowed to sort of explore that. Like you, you, you have to realize, like I'm more than just you know the theater guy. I'm you well, know yeah. Lexi's husband. And I how am hard it is Ernie's to know. I mean, caretaker. And and in all honesty, I knew that the moment that I proposed to Lexi. Well, yes. I mean, I don't want to diminish. Level, no, I understand. Your, your, yeah, but. And on some level, the moment that I proposed, I knew that, you know, this is the direction I, I may not have understood because I don't think you ever will until you're you're really like you dedicate yourself to somebody like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, you I knew that life was going to be different in some ways. And in all honesty, I'm so like in such a great. I mean, she's so awesome that it it's not like she's taking anything away from me i feel like it's it's just like when we were dating we've just Mm -hmm. been married now for two years 2018 oh my god would i just have a panic attack i just had a panic (laughs) attack deep breath (laughs) two years well it's (laughs) i was like am i wrong am i about to say the wrong thing we got married in 2018 yeah so it'll be three years in november yeah but it i mean so easy to remember too because it's right around thanksgiving oh yeah (laughs) which is my favorite holiday november 24th baby um, but still it, it is, it is interesting that from that moment, this became the most important thing, Yeah. but in a sense, since it's always been the most theater's always been the thing that's at the forefront of my mind, I have to like, I had to retrain myself yeah. in a way. And I mean, I would be lying to you to say that there wasn't some growing pains in that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that I get tunnel vision Yeah. and when I'm home, I know that Lexi is talking to me. I know that she is saying important things and I'm thinking about something else. Yeah. And most of the time that's the set Mm -hmm. or like, well, okay, what if I do this? This might be kind of interesting. And then I have to force myself to stop doing that and be like, no, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. Like 
you have all day to think about those things. Mm-hmm. Like this is the time where you key in and you are, you know, paying attention to your relationship. Yeah. And what's so interesting is that theater and storytelling is all about telling stories about real life relationships. Yes. <laughs> and since I love to tell stories about real life relationships, I forget to pay attention to real life relationships. Yeah. It like doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I feel the same way. It's like, because I struggle with ADD and I have to always remind myself. You have so many acronyms attached to you. I don't know. I do. ADD and OCD. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's it's one of those things where I have to, and, and very, you know, same vein as you, I have to remind myself to be present right here. Yeah. This is what's happening right now. Not the 10 things that could happen, not mm-hmm. the 20 things that might happen. And I have to stay focused and not like, well, I need to do this. I need to do this. It's like we are we are in this room. We're recording a podcast. Stop looking at the times. Stop looking at the topics. Just be yeah. engaged in this. And I and I find myself I find that that's a flaw in myself. Is that I never feel like I'm really present. Yeah. And <laughs> like well, my mind somewhere everybody else. Everybody is that way in some way. Yeah. And that is a huge thing even on the stage. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm immediately going to relate this back to theater. Well, no, no, that's what but I was going to say. Like, I can focus clearer when I'm telling a story for some reason. Which you know is kind of interesting because there's there's a script. Yeah. And if there are variants in the script, which is what a live performance is, if something happens and throws off the rhythm, you can compensate with it. Yes. And I don't know if that's you know how to tell the story and that's experience. I don't know if that's like because you're you've developed good multitasking, but (laughs) it's it is very difficult. It's a very difficult skill to learn. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's just something that everybody who has ever started in community theater is just really good at. You know, just thinking about like you have to be a good multitasker. Yeah. In order to be on stage delivering your lines, thinking about everything that you have to do, blocking, props, all that <laughs> stuff, making sure the set doesn't crash in upon you because Lord knows it's being held together by a one and a half inch Phillips <laughs> head screw. <laughs> you just know that it's going to kill you. And then when it does, you and know, hit the fan and go sideways, you can their line and you're like, yeah. I got you. You were good. We're good. Yeah. Or someone doesn't enter. Or leaves you alone. I'm not going to bring it up, but somebody leaves you alone. Wow, I have cut that from I mean, the show so many they're, times. There, like <laughs> for like it seemed for a long time. I know that I have had to enter onto a stage with no one there, and the show is not <laughs> happening, and just had to say lines because the set broke. People didn't show up. Like, I mean, just crazy, crazy things. But you have to be able to do that right, like, at, at, at a moment's notice. Yes. But, you know, it also has taught me a lot of life skills outside of the theater. Mm-hmm. I could pretty much show up to anything and act like I'm supposed to be there. Yeah, that that is true. <laughs> you can do that. I mean, I, I might get called out after about good 10 minutes, but I mean, I could at least get a good 10 minutes of being like, like no, I belong. Is Cody invited to this? <laughs> I belong. I'm here for the uh, the Rodeo Clowns Association. <laughs> I'm your guest speaker. I don't I know will, why that's You, you do I'm have saying. that thing where you, you, you could walk into a room and exude enough charisma i guess to be like i belong here and no, then, it's just false confidence well that's that's true and it wouldn't be until afterwards everyone would ask do you know that guy did we actually <laughs> learn it i think he made up everything um i yeah 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 i think it probably comes from watching my dad to mm. be honest because you know i i think I'll, i've learned i've learned a lot from my father but i will say that i learned um the just talking mm. if no one else is talking then he'll you talk. do it he'll do it then you talk yeah and it's a strange thing it's almost like and, and this is one reason why it's gotten me into trouble in the past of being like oh my god i just realized i've been talking for 30 minutes and also why sometimes i probably don't allow you enough time to speak <laughs> and i should just give you something to throw i think at the me. last time i speak because you know that i will f- say whatever comes to mind <laughs> that is actually kind of true but it was like ungentlemanly to let the conversation die. Mm-hmm. So if the conversation, if there's a lull in the conversation, which happens naturally in other worlds, mm-hmm. but I was always uncomfortable when that happened because 
dad always filled in the gap. <laughs> so that never happened throughout my entire life. So you've never experienced that. Ha 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 ha. No, that was never a thing because <laughs> dad wouldn't let you get past the second ha before he's moved on to something else to try to like fill in the gap so that everybody feels comfortable and that everybody's having a good time. And I respect that a lot. I mean, I get it. I, when people come over to my house or we're throwing it like we're, we're having a dinner party yeah. a year ago, like if we're doing those things, then I want people to have a good time. You and your dad do that thing. And because, you know, sometimes I'll just sit there because, you know, I'm, you know, not here. Your dad will like wander over to me and start mingling with me. And be like, yeah, he's oh, like, oh, hey, he's not. Yeah. And it's he's strange. not conversing with anyone. He's I like, need to get hey, him back in he's here he's alone. I'm going to go talk to him. Yeah. And I know that I 100 percent stole that from him somewhere either <laughs> either in like dna or just from just sheer watching it throughout yeah. my entire life but it has gotten me into trouble like i remember um i had <laughs> oh, come yes. back to story time no this is very easy this is more like <laughs> this is more like cody looks like a, a jerk or feels terrible inside have you heard any of the stories you've shared that, that is actually true <laughs> i remember um, the laundry oh how dare you i forgot i told that story <laughs> At least I didn't tell all of that story. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I had just got back to Louisiana and a friend of ours and his wife came and saw a show and I saw them afterwards outside of the theater on the way to the car and I talked to them and I was just really excited to see both of them. I never met his wife mm -hmm. and we were talking and we were talking and we were talking and then I was like, oh, it's so good to see you guys. And then I... I left after maybe like 10 or 15 minutes. And then he calls me afterwards and says, hey, so my wife just asked if you're always like that. Because <laughs> she she's like, and I can hear in the background. I'll tell you later who this one. But I, I can hear in the background. I already know who this is. Oh, you do? <laughs> yes. I can hear in the background being like, no, don't. And he's like, yeah, I'm. It's fine. It's fine. It's just Cody. She, she's, she's like, she's like, you're always on. Like you're a hundred percent on. <laughs> yeah. And the whole time I was thinking, I mean, I was just excited to yeah. meet you guys. Am I always on? And then I had this life crisis, and he just kind of laughed and hung up the phone. And I was like, wow, my night is destroyed. <laughs> Way to hurt my feelings. I have. I have just been completely demolished. Yeah. For you know no what? reason. It's interesting you say that because I think that's why I have really dipped these quiet and uh like loner type tendencies. And it's because I do feel like I need that alone time to recharge sometimes. Yeah. Uh to and I think that's why you love the theater so much, why you love being in it and 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 performing like like you were talking about last week about how you're on the stage by yourself and you'll just do these monologues where it's just like, I need something that isn't like me personally. I need something that isn't noisy. I yeah. just need like quiet A to focus. refocus and to mm -hmm. repurpose. And, and I think that maybe that's, that's what it is and why maybe she thought maybe you were on <laughs> when you were just like, I'm excited I mean, to see my friend. I was really excited to see him meet her. I had just walked off the stage. It, it's so hard to describe that high to people. Like you walk off the stage and then 30 minutes later, there is nothing. And now I kind of understand that they were sitting in silence for three and a half hours. That's fair. Like I get that. Yeah. And that's a lot of me. I'm a big dude with a lot of personality <laughs> that's coming at you. Mm -hmm. And maybe, I don't know. I wasn't going to say what I was about to say. It yeah. would be very offensive. But, <laughs> um, but still, I, I, get that but i it is amazing how that one little thing has stuck in my brain yeah and since then i have felt like oh man i am too much like i'm just like <laughs> i need to just pull it back and sometimes when a silence happens when we're like having dinner if the if the like conversation dies i need to let it die i just need to let it die every once in a while I, I can say 100% of all of the dinners I've ever sat at with you here. Yeah. You have never let it die. <laughs> I, I try. Well, maybe for you it means something different. <laughs> but I, 
those like it's like these are big steps. It's a big step. It's yeah. a big step. I'm definitely trying. Definitely trying. I will say I, I do want to like preface. I know I was like cutting you right there, but there there is a lively bunch that's usually here whenever there's a get together. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like that I'm. You're not the dominant personality. I'm not in the dominant the room. personality. I think we know who is. I feel like it's mostly running defense. Yeah, I feel like I run defense <laughs> a lot, being like making sure everybody is comfortable. Yeah, um, which I I I'm 100 know that that's my dad. I just it's strange because i've honestly never thought about this until just now (laughs) so i've been having it's amazing it is real that meme that you sent me it was like dudes will just start a podcast before they'll go to therapy (laughs) it's like this is really what this has become for me yeah i mm -hmm. yep but like we spent the weekend with my well we spent the last couple of weekends with my parents and it is strange because i i just i remember my my mom and my dad is completely different people than what they are. And I think I've been, and I know I've brought this up a couple of times last three podcasts, but I just remember them so differently Mm -hmm. and not that they are different. I mean, I'm sure they probably naturally are, but just with the progression of time and the things that they have to deal with. But I just remember them as different people and then meeting them almost as an adult, like somebody who, supports himself yeah and you know they don't necessarily tell me what to do (laughs) yeah unless i ask them for advice you know sort of thing and and then just meeting your parents as friends in a way is Mm -hmm. so strange it is so strange but these are those new experiences of you know moving home and then not having those before yeah whereas before i kind of always felt like i was their like little boy yeah and now i don't know really who I am. Yeah. In that equation. Like how you fit into yeah. the, the family. Because I feel like I still would listen to them if they got on to me. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, yes, 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 ma'am. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny because I could see your mom getting on to you, but your dad would be standing right beside you also in trouble. Like, you know what's weird is that dad was the disciplinarian and mom was not interesting yeah she was she was the one you went to whenever you wanted extra dime a tap (laughs) (laughs) i remember being a kid that was the first time cookies no no dime a tap was my jam (laughs) and i realize now because you know they took that off the shelf yes because it had alcohol in it (laughs) that explains so it's like me as a three-year-old with my little dime a tap martini (laughs) Sitting in the living room. <laughs> I think it's still Excuse that. Excuse me, mother. I still have mild chest pains. <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> I think you guys still have that relationship, though. Anytime you're sick, you're just like, I, I that need. That is true. I need, uh, I don't know what that I steroid do. thing that you get all the time. A Z-pack. A Z-pack, yeah. Yeah. That is, that is true. I had my, sidebar real quick. I had my first ever steroid shot last year when I had like that crazy heat rash and or whatever. And you ran a mile. And I just felt like I was on top of the world. Yeah. It's like, this is how Cody feels. <laughs> this oh is how my Cody gosh. feels 90% <laughs> of the year. Every show without fail, I get sick after the show or right before. Right before. before the show. And then it's like, ooh, we're on the line. Are you going to pull it together? Are you going to actually make it? And somehow I literally squeak by. Especially That's if how it's a I know musical. it's a good, it's going to be a good show. If I get if sick. If you get sick. <laughs> If Cody has a hundred and three degree fever if and can't talk on grand <laughs> grand dress, if then Cody's on death tour, it. it's gonna be great. If he's taking shots like steroid shots simultaneously <laughs> simultaneously with bourbon, yes, then we're gonna be fine. Oh my goodness. Um. So I do have a question. I don't have a clue what time. I do at. have a question. Uh, you for have you. a question. Yes. Well, then, and it kind of relates more to this. I don't know if you're about to pivot into something else. No, but, I was probably going to jump the shark. So you you should probably okay. keep going. So with um the Zack Snyder Justice League coming out, I think uh, this Friday or Saturday or whatever it's supposed to come out. Um, no I was I was curious to see how like you felt about. Like he's retooling like his original vision, mm-hmm. but the one that was the theatrical wide, you know, worldwide release was changed by this other director. Like, how would you feel if that were you? Because I know you were talking about tunnel vision a minute ago. So but like, like if I was the director of the piece or if I was the writer? Yeah, if you were the director, like, well, Zach, I think was maybe 
I don't, I can't, I can't confirm that he was the the writer, but he was definitely the director and putting this thing together. And then he was kind of like ousted, and then like so wait, Joss what Whedon. Was the I, I I honestly don't know. Okay, you, so you and I have had an entire conversation about this, and I knew <laughs> nothing about what we were talking about. So here's the here's the the lowdown. Um, Justice League came out in 2017 to middling reviews, and then everyone was yeah. just like, "We want the Zack Snyder cut." Behind the scenes, what had happened was um, at the time what was discussed was Zack left the project because of his um, his daughter had taken her life. So Joss Whedon stood in, you know, kind of like took up the mantle and completed the project. Well, what we got was this middling thing. Well, now, you know, in the lead up to this Zack Snyder cut, as they're calling it, the Snyder cut for Justice League or whatever. um, So wait, it's not a new movie. It's not a new movie. Wow. I did not know that. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Now I think I understand our entire conversation. I thought we were always talking about, oh, there's this new Justice League. <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought no. it was a completely new movie. Well, what had happened was uh, the... How jo- in the world is he doing that? I know I'm asking you questions you were about to answer yes. on your own, and I'm doing a terrible thing. I hung out with a five-year-old this past weekend, and, and he was me. doing that. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I watch... I will get you there. Maybe that's the problem. We're all I, taking in this information at the I same sp- time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spend too much time with kids is what you're telling me. That's what Maybe, I'm understanding. Yeah. I've become one of them. So um, one of them. Uh, what <laughs> I think it's one of us, isn't it? One, oh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, um, nobody. nobody. Zack Snyder came out recently and said that he was sort of ousted by the uh, producers of uh, the Justice League or Warner Brothers, rather. And um, what what he had thought was going to be like the reshoots of the film that he had originally envisioned, mm-hmm. Joss Whedon was supposed to be the lead director of. So he stepped away from the project. And uh, he he ended up coming out and saying that his wife and Chris Nolan had seen the Joss Whedon cut of the film, and they both told him, "Do not watch that." So, so he he like he had a lot of personal things going on, obviously, yes. and he steps away from the project and it becomes someone else's baby. Yes, yes, and Joss Whedon now, sort of retools. I, it. I will say that just looking at it completely objectively from that, I would say that that is a very horrible position to be in for the other guy mm-hmm. because your vision you're essentially taking over someone else and i mean this is not even with theater this is a film it's already it's done yeah you have to put all these pieces together you have no idea why they were shot this way mm-hmm. so i can understand why that would be disjointed because you don't have control of it from its inception yeah like i so i in a way Go straight to feeling for the other guy. Well, except that you have the script. Yeah. And it's the same as doing a stage production. Like, you have the script. You know how the story is supposed to play out. But he's out. not in control of the way that it's shot. And the actors... I mean, maybe I'm just not the right person to ask. Well, that's, that, I just that's think, fair. But I just thought, like, all of that aside, like, I gave you a bunch of back information, which yeah. was really a long lead up to get to the question, is, like, if someone... If you were directing a show... And then someone had stepped in to sort of like take over for you. Like, how would you feel? Would you even go see that show? How would you feel about that? Because it's not like a, your oh, vision. It would be very. I mean, I, of course, I would go see the show out of principle <laughs> to be like, because <laughs> I want to support because I want to support this person who, like, for whatever reason, I could not carry the mantle forward. Yeah. And so then this person had to take on the momental, like this momentous task. Yeah. Or especially even the actors, I guess you had worked with. And I think that, yeah, it would be, it would be more for the actors in Mm -hmm. honest, in all honesty. If something like really crappy had happened with the production company or whoever I was working with, the theater company I was working with, and I was directing and they were like, we don't like your vision, toodles. And, I had to leave, and then they put somebody else in there. I'd be going to hate watch 100%. <laughs> yeah. And I would be like, what decisions did you make? Love these actors, but what decisions? You you changed this. You're 
the yeah. worst. Like, and it would be not their fault at all, but I'm just apparently not a good person. So yeah. I would go straight to being like, how am I better than you to make myself <laughs> feel better from this situation? Yeah. But I do think that no matter what, I would go and support it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Well, see, That's in this so instance, hard because you're dealing, but I guess really every script, you know, you get a script, you're dealing with somebody else's vision from the start. Yeah. And so really it's you interpreting someone else's words, someone else's idea and putting it in front of people as your story. Yeah. And I guess as a, as a director, you have to think, okay, I'm taking this script. I'm going to bring these actors along with me. I'm asking these actors to take this, these lines and say them like they are their lines for the first time, honestly, like thought happening in conception right then and there. Yeah. And I have to also think that this story is mine in the same way. Yeah. And there's no way it can be exactly the way the playwright envisioned. Yeah. And in a way, I think that's kind of cool because a playwright can write something and then see how someone else can take their words or their vision and interpret it. Yeah. And I'm sure that that has backfired <laughs> a couple of times, especially for a playwright. Well, even though like a show might be successful, but the playwright might be incredibly angry. Yeah. Because it's been taken out of context. Yeah. I wish I could think of one off well, the top of my head right now, but I, I, it'd be can't. like, you'd, what, what, uh, what were you talking about? Um, half a year ago uh, when steampunk was so popular to do for Shakespeare. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Everybody There's no was doing way that steampunk. Shakespeare was like, okay. Oh, I love this idea. Yeah. This is what <laughs> I want. Everybody should wear some version of a clock. Yeah. And the clock should have a steam chimney attached to it. Well, it's almost because we're working on this project with uh, Christian Godet. Um, mm-hmm. this, this, uh, sort of like the year goal that I had set or whatever was to... Well, that's true. I'm definitely the person that jumped in on this situation. Yeah. We had, we, you know, my goal was to write a show and then Christian had called me and said, like, I would love to be a part of that. And now the three of us are writing this project together. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, and I remember you had you saying this to Christian because he was like, I, I, th- I feel like that's too much dialogue for this person to memorize. And you were like, you can't worry about that. You have to trust that the actor would learn yeah. those lines and know what they were saying. Look, I mean, there's one man shows. Yeah, I can go out there. I could go out there and do an hour and a half of material, an yes. hour and forty five minutes of material by myself. But see, I also if see it's it, genuine and honest for the character to deliver an, a certain amount of dialogue, then it works. Yes, absolutely. It's, that's not your job. the The thing that I I see as someone who does like to write. And it's so weird that I don't like just say like, oh, I'm a writer. But it, but it's like the, the thing that I love is I can write this thing and I want to see what someone else brings to the table with it. Yeah. Like I'm so excited to see it come to life and maybe not in the way that I've. And I know that you've worked with playwrights before where yeah. they're just like, hey, this is not what I want. New works are very difficult. Yes. They're very difficult as a director and as an actor because when you're working with a new new <laughs> With a new work, you're dealing with the fact that the director and the playwright most of the time are going to be at odds. Yeah. And as the actor, you're going to be memorizing and rememorizing and then forgetting and then yes. memorizing something completely new. <laughs> yes. A lot. Yeah. And a lot of that happens during tech, mm-hmm. which is horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. But luckily, like in the professional world, you do that and then you have preview week. Which, you know, you get to preview a show, so you, you like, fake perform it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, this is our rehearsal, but not really. <laughs> like, you're not going to stop, but an audience sees it, and then the director and, you know, the playwright and the TD, like, they all watch, the tech director all watch and see what works and what doesn't work, and then they cut and they cut and they cut until opening yeah. night. And then opening night after a week of previews is solidified. Yeah. But up until then, anything can change. Yeah. And it's... It is on. It's nerve wracking. Yeah, it's very terrifying. But see, I guess, I guess maybe I, I, I can see where like if if you're married to the world, like almost like the J.K. Rowling thing, where she's so married to that universe of Harry Potter, where she yeah. knows all of these characters deep and and throughout. I know that it was a controversy, controversy that um, 
you know, Dumbledore was revealed to be, you know, a gay character at the end. And I was like, well, this really doesn't change his character at all. No. I mean, and, it, well, I mean, for the, I, don't, I don't care. Exactly. I, I don't I don't care who Dumbledore is sleeping with. That's yeah, not why exactly. I read that book. <laughs> or who's attracted to. I mean, I don't care. That's yeah. not why I read any book. And 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 the thing for me is that I, I guess I could see where some people are so married to their work that they're like, no, this has to be like this. But, but also, like, what does that do for you? Exactly. Dumbledore straight. And okay, so Dumbledore likes women. <laughs> I got you stuck so, on this one thing. <laughs> I know. You did this to me. But Dumbledore likes women. So, like, what does that do? It so changes now he nothing about him. So now that he can't, like, help Harry and then also kind of be a jerk and then also kind of not. I mean, yeah. it all still works. Who I, cares? Wh- it does not change a single exactly, thing. Because the man learned from, you know, like, oh, I played with fire. I got burned. I don't touch it again. Yeah. End of the story. Done. Like that that's that's ultimately that's what like his character arc Voldemort is. Voldemort all of a sudden was you, like uh, I don't I don't know. A, quit, a, quit pretending the cursed child happened. I know <laughs> you're trying. I know what you were about to say. It's like oh look, Emperor Palpatine had a daughter. Oh God. Anyway, that was the nerdiest, weird inside line that you tried to take and tie that in, like right here at the end. But. What I what I can say is ultimately as I guess because I guess I'm so excited to see something that you write come to life. Yeah. That I don't care. Change mm. everything. Do well, it in a I way that, that I never thought it was possible. To something like that, it, it is kind of a trap. Because yeah. then when you become so solidified in something and you're not accepting of change, then I think you become the problem. Yeah. When that's when you start to hold something back. And I think that's not just in theater. I think that's in mm-hmm. in life. The minute that you become to the point of being like, okay, I cannot change these things because of you know, I yeah. this is the way I wrote it. Well, but this is better. Well, I don't yeah. care if it's better. This is the way I wrote it and this is the way I want it. Well, that's what's so crazy about the collaborative nature of what the three of us have come together to do for this thing that we're like trying to work out together. Yeah. Is that the original pitched idea is no longer there mm-hmm. and that it's grown and morphed into this, like what I would say is this beautiful story that I I feel is worth telling. Yeah. I think it's awesome. And, and the way that, that I think that we can structure it and tell it. And, and I'm just so excited about getting together uh, as often as we can to really like flesh it out and to bring it and to make it into this real thing mm-hmm. that we can hand off to maybe someone to perform and that either I can be in or just watch and just yeah, think like, really cool. this is so awesome. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't understand. Is that a part of theater that you've ever got to experience on that end of it? No. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that's like that. Yeah. How cool is that to be able to have a, a new thing? Yeah. I mean, I have written a um, a, a pilot with a buddy of mine, Tucker. Um, right. And uh, we we we'd had like a couple of sit downs with a few people who had writ who had read it and uh, taking feedback. And it was like, I think in doing it, it taught me the lesson of the more you do something, the better you get at it. Like. Mm-hmm. I know Dak Shepard says this all the time. Give yourself permission to be bad at something. Oh, yeah. And that's so true. And I think that that, that applies to being on the stage. Like, Well, that's the only way that you're going to get yes. better. And that's what I love about the acting class that we're doing. Yeah. Like, give, your per, give yourself permission to fail. Well, that's, that's, to get where, it wrong. that's where you fail. Yeah. That's where you run at the edge of the cliff, and then you discover once you hit the edge if there's a bridge or not. Yeah. I mean, and most of the time, whenever you plummet and you fall to your death, yeah, that's whenever you <laughs> you learn the most. I leap knowing nothing of the fall. Yeah, and that's that is that's what it's about. Yeah, that is definitely what it's about. That should be our bumper sticker. That's our bumper sticker. Right <laughs> yeah, right there. Mm. Um, what were you gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should wrap this up. You, you're like checked out mentally. I see it all over I you. I didn't check out mentally. How dare you? No, it's just the other things I was going to talk about is probably all worthy of another podcast. It's too then much let's, to get into. Let's save that for the, the next end. time. It's too much to get into at the end. It's not yeah, my fault. Well, we're like, we're close to time. So, oh, well, I mean, so uh, two ducks walk into a bar. Okay. And the owner is really upset because there's no ducks. It's like, I've got a sign outside. It's clearly marked, no ducks. That's my joke. Well, everyone, that is Cody. And that is Christophanopoulos. (laughs) 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners. <laughs> Can't use that. <laughs> Do it again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Something was lost and yet was also gained. <laughs>